Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, what I am calling the most prolific podcast in Buffalo Bills history. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I, I'm Paul, and I'm curious on Frank's rationale on how we are the I, most we're, prolific we're, podcast. We're like the, we're like, um, I mean, you, you guys are the bigger baseball fans than me, but this is the case of the accumulator in the Hall of Fame, right? I think so. I, I, it's not just accumulation, okay? Look, we're not the longest running podcast. That's technically Bills and Beers, <laughs> who we like, which is fine. But we put out more episodes than they do. We podcast in the off season, and, and they don't. And I'm confident that we have more podcasts in the can. And I think that if we have more podcasts than them, then we probably have more podcasts than anybody. Um, so the I'm Cal comfortable. Ripken of yeah, of, like of, yeah. Do we do we get pulled in the fifth inning every now and then to rest our legs? Of course we do, but. As a matter of fact, Paul is going to step out for about 15 yep. minutes in the middle of the show today. Um, but, you know, we show up. We talk about the Bills uh, when it's appropriate to talk about the Bills. We're not we're not so prolific that we're, like, coming in with, like, random, here's a new way to think about why Josh Allen is the best quarterback and picking fights with Lamar Jackson fans. That, that, that seems to be Twitter these weeks, uh, which I'm not denigrating. But we don't do that. We're here when it's time to talk about it, and we're here to talk about it. And we have a treat for you. We're not. We're, we're going to have dessert first, guys. All right. We're going to have dessert first. We're going to do the most electrifying segment in Buffalo Bills podcast sports entertainment today, um, with with back to back um, this day in Bills headlines and who's bad take. We have wacky schedule later. Uh, we're going to talk about nonsense, and but we're going to start with Paul because Paul has to, you know, pay his real bills. So yeah. Paul, go ahead, give everybody their their Sunday and then we'll get we'll get around to the steak That's and potatoes later. Right, and then we end with uh, Sunday too or at least some s'mores with Scott's uh, wacky schedule. So we're on is, vacation. Is, yeah. A lot of sugar, we're on vacation, we're not counting calories. It's okay. Yep. And what's great is I'm probably skipping the substantive meals and I'm just going to have all desserts. All right, so we'll start with uh, this day in Bill's headlines, happy July 15th, everybody. Huge day in Bill's headlines. Well, not really, but we have some headlines anyway. So first off, uh, we want to uh, congratulate Rob Johnson, who on this day in 1998 signed for five years and $25 million. Happy Generational Wealth Day, Rob. And now into the headlines themselves. Going back to 2020, Bill's legend blank explains his dirty family feud answer. I don't know what I was thinking. There is something about a time clock and a buzzer that it makes you become confused when you run out of time and you don't have an answer, blank told the Dan Patrick show. I gave the number one answer originally, and then when that buzzer went off a couple of times, I guess I kind of panicked. So for uh, context on this, uh, it was the all, it was an all-time Bills great who was in the final round of Fast Money and was asked, if Captain Hook was moonlighting as a handyman, he might replace his hook with what tool? When he said hammer... It was Buzz, because it was the number one, and his brain shut down, so he said penis. You know, I can see this clip in my head, because I, I just saw it a few months ago, and I'm not sure, but my guess will be Bruce Smith, and I think we should let Scott get a guess in, too. All right. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, he's he's a good choice. I'll just say... I'll just say Thurman Thomas to, to change it up. But. All right. Well, Frank remembered his clip well. It is indeed a uh, legendary pass rusher, NFL sack leader, Bruce Smith. Uh, so, yes, don't let him write your Peter Pan stories for your children. <laughs> All right. Peter. 20, 
2018, here's your gimme one. So you can just trot right through this one. Blank, named ambassador for anti-bullying organization despite history of bullying. I mean, Rex Ryan? <laughs> I oh, uh, it's, it's, it's incognito. Yes. Richie Incognito, Richie, that's right. Richie Incognito. This is, yep. this is the putting the putting the rooster in charge of the hen house, yes. Yep, that was that was a decision here. Uh shocking that Sorry, putting know, the fox in charge of the hen house. The rooster right, I was gonna say the rooster in charge of the hen house is kinda of how it how it yeah, works. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Smith would put the rooster in charge of the hen house. Yes. With but much then it penis. Have to be your bull. No, wait, we're doing it. Yes, okay. that's my line. Okay. <laughs> I thought you guys were gonna go for a cock joke, so that was better than I expected. I don't get All right. I don't I don't get it. All right. Uh, 2017. Three reasons why Blank's game can take a big leap forward. I feel like last year was going by slow because I was hurt and trying to determine when I was getting back on the field, said Blank. I'm making sure every day I'm taking care of my body a lot more extra so I can continue to be on the field. So I will give the hint that this was a player who entered the league with the Bills in 2016, uh, played 10 games and had problems with a shoulder injury. Is this Sammy? It's not Sammy, but it's funny you bring that up because when we get to who's bad take, there's going to be some Sammy Watkins injury takes. Oh, awesome. Okay. Mm. Uh, so 2016 uh, rookie. Yep. And so that would have been the EJ Manuel year? Yep, that was post, post EJ. He's I think EJ was 14 or 2013. 2014. Yeah, we're way up to 2017 now. This is Tyrod's the quarterback, right? Probably. Yep. So, or... reasonable chance that it's a running back that we didn't need. <laughs> like this could be a Jonathan Williams or a. Oh, damn it. I, perf- I had a Jonathan Williams question in. This day in Bill's headlines, and you never get him. You guys never get him. Frank would have been on Jonathan. It was, I think it was, I can't remember what it was. I'm like, oh, this is an interesting headline, but they'll never guess Jonathan Williams. Damn it. We're never going to get this guy. So if you just reverse the call, he would still. Well, well, he didn't play badly in his four seasons with the Bills. He could be considered a disappointment, and he is now on his third NFL team, and this will be his, what, fifth NFL season, fifth or sixth NFL season. 2016. So think of why he might be considered a disappointment, even though he was fairly productive on the field with the Bills. Because maybe at higher expectations because of his draft status. Draft status okay, yeah, so exactly. is it CJ? No, no. We can no, get away from the running backs. Get away from the running backs. After, I remember 2017, so we're more recent. This is a guy who was yeah. the year before Allen, after, but it would have been before Trey. A famous right. shot of him and Jordan Phillips after the Dallas uh, Thanksgiving Day game, uh, mocking Dak Prescott a little bit. Jordan Phillips. Probably a D-line. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. How about, like, no, I was going to say Reggie Ragland or, no, Shaq Lawson? Shaq Lawson. There we go. There we go. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Take that. That worked. Good job, guys. That was a team effort. It was. Nicely done. All right, 2015. Buffalo Bills blank denies hitting on porn star Mia Khalifa. I I don't make up these headlines. I just just speak them. Uh, the Beirut-born adult film star, a Florida State University student who was recently named the most popular performer on Pornhub. This is we're getting a, a rated E on this show. Sorry, what's, uh, what's Pornhub? I've never heard of it. Me neither. Uh, okay. Just I don't. I, I'm at the office, so I'll Google it. Um, shared the conversation and warned her 660,000 followers that 
trespassers in my DMs will be shot and hung out to dry in public. She similarly, similarly called out rapper Drake in January for sending her cringeworthy messages on Instagram. So I will give the hint that if you don't remember this incident, it was a defensive back who was a Bill's round four pick out of Nevada in 2013. Hmm. He played oh, all 16 goodness. games in his first three Jesus. seasons with the Bills, and then he split 2016 yeah. between Buffalo and Indy, which was I last. know a lot more about Mia Khalifa than I know about whoever this <laughs> defensive back is. And the thing I know about Mia Khalifa is that, is that she has spent, like, the last five years, every time she, like, pops up in Twitter as trending, it's like she's trying to get out from under the fact that she used to be a porn star. She is literally like doing everything she can think of to like be productive in a different way. And I'm not judging this either way. I just am like, no, I think that's it. I think it's the goat fucker joke. Like you can yeah. build as many bridges as you want, but you have sex with one goat and that's what people are going to know you for. And I feel for her on that level. So I'm going to say Levi Wallace, who I know is not. Yeah, it's, it's it's yeah. I, I forget. Um, it's it's gonna annoy me because we drafted two defensive backs like right next to each other that year, and I don't remember either of them's names. Um, which is an awesome story that I'm sure the listeners really appreciate. And so I will just name him like Connor, Connor MacBajuiden or something, and call it a day. That's a, that. Those are both. Uh, great guesses. I will give you guys the answer without giving you the answer so you can just say it. Again, uh, this this person shares a name with a current Bills wide receiver. Wait, first name or last name or both? Both. Uh, Davis defensive back Stephon Diggs. No, it's, it's not. Cole Beasley. Keep going down Isaiah the list. McKenzie. You're going to about seventh on the depth chart. Gabriel you- Davis. Started a wild card game against the Houston Texans. Oh, who is that guy? Oh, uh, Duke Williams. Duke Williams. Yep, and he always guess Williams is the is what is, was, is, is, the, is, is our go to. All spells. In, in good memory, Scott, he was drafted back to back with Aaron Williams, the uh, defensive back. So yeah. it was. You can hear, you can hear more of my Mia Khalifa takes on maybe next porn star, right? Uh, our, our companion podcast. Right. Uh, we get better advertising numbers for that one. For Much better. Yeah. <laughs> you people are uh, sick. <laughs> when you and you guys want to know what Paul's doing on his his other call in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is. Paul is. Paul. Paul works on a party line. And if you know yep. what a party line is, you're older than 20. <laughs> right. This is why yeah. I got to I got to save my voice. It's got to be raspy later. All right. Here we go. Uh, 2009. <laughs> Can blank hold down left tackle? They asked me to do it. It had been thrown around early, and I mentally prepared myself for it. Blank said of the full-time switch for 2009. After the draft, it was pretty obvious that I was going to be playing left tackle, and I got a phone call about it, too. Uh, Trent Edwards messaged me, and all of a sudden, he wants to be my best friend. Hmm. Now, I will give the—I think this will be a, a fairly big hint, but we'll see. Uh, so despite being expected to replace Jason Peters at left tackle in 2009— the Bills released him on September 8th, a few days before the beginning of the regular season. So he never did end up playing left tackle because uh, they just did not trust him. Is it Mike Gandy? No, but a good guy. You're thinking of those good overpriced guess. guys. Was Started it Craig Urbic? No, nope. Craig was around longer. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of the other Langston Walker. Yes, there you go. 
because the Bills had signed Walker to a five-year, $25 million deal with a $10 million signing bonus, <laughs> which is what pissed off Peters in the first place. So they probably could have just kept Jason for the duration of his holiday. Kept the career. actual good player? Yeah. yeah, rather sounds, than, like a, yeah. Sounds, sounds like a classy late 2000s, early 2010s Bills move. All right. Uh, 2006. This one is for Frank, uh, and he will get this uh, pretty maybe, pretty maybe not. Bills get slimmer at center. Free agent Blank, who enters training camp as the club's number one center, is listed at 295 pounds, which is five pounds lighter than the departed Trey Teague. While a dogged competitor, Teague was often criticized for being undersized, and the Bills line was susceptible to being bull rushed and collapsing. This is for me? It's for you. Uh, and I'll give you the hint, which is why you'll know why it's for you. Was it uh, Mike Latuka? No, no. <laughs> it's someone who is currently working the door at the Marquee Day Club oh, in Las Vegas. Uh, oh, and I've already forgotten his name. I've got to go back. <laughs> I've got to go back and look up the. This was less than a week ago. Less than a week ago. Two days ago, Paul. I can't. I have two children. I can't <laughs> remember my left point. or my right. Oh my god. Um, oh, it's it's is it Fowler? Yes, Melvin Fowler. Melvin. Uh, okay, so I tweeted. Uh, can I, I? I guess I should yeah, tell ahead. the story. I every day I don't follow a lot of Bills fans on my personal account at at Park One Hundred One on Twitter, but I click on the Explore, and like one of the topics is always Josh Allen, and the first four are the same four guys who love the Bills and come up with different ways to slice the pie to talk about why Josh Allen is the greatest thing since ever. And I am not here to shit on that. One of them was this young lady. I would, I would say she's a comely lass that I, I think that's fair. Um, and uh, comely, not homely. Especially, and she's in got, the especially in the 1950s. That's fair. Yes. Say, right. Comely lass, and, yes. and I'm just not trying to be disrespectful, 1750s. but she, the 1550s, I don't know. Uh, the battle of Hastings. Anyway, the, she has a custom-made Bill's bikini top that has Josh Allen's face, like, directly on the top. And she's mm-hmm. standing, and it's, it's a great bathing suit. I think it's awesome. And she's posing for a picture with Melvin Fowler. And my first thought... <laughs> Paul's joke was the best. Hold, hold on while I'm tickling. Uh, excuse right. me, not tickling. Google. Yes, <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, don't do that live on the show. Anyway, um, Melvin Fowler is apparently, quote unquote, working the door at one some place in Las Vegas where this where she was where she was vacationing. And God bless her if she knows what Melvin Fowler looks like without a helmet. Like my guess is she had that top and he said, do you know, I used to play for the Bills and and flirted from there. Um He's, quote unquote, working the door. So my thought was, like, it's amazing that Melvin Fowler has a job. Like, not that he has a job. I am always happy to find out that ex-Bills are not dead. And that might be a function of this day in Bills headlines where I am so, (laughs) you know, James Hardy is dead. Okay, that that kid is like. He should be like it hit the, the second act of his life now and he's gone. And football players notoriously like, I don't know what to think. I think it's amazing that like, a, I don't know, is it fair to call Melvin Fowler a scrub in NFL standards? Like, I think so. Um, yeah. You know, anyway, um, I think it's amazing he's alive and 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 well uh, and, and doing something and getting pictures taken with people. Paul had the best joke. 
with regards to the tweet, and I'm going to let Paul tell it because he, he should go from there. Okay, I didn't even remember I necessarily had the joke with the tweet, but I will I will I will look it up and tell it because uh, my memory is is the same as uh is yours here. So when I look at what I replied with, um, where the heck is it? Oh my gosh, I can't see my reply. You, ba- you basically had said that um the the who was the New England nose tackle? Oh, uh, Will Will Fork. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. That basically you know the idea is that you know. Maybe he could stop everybody except Will Fork showing up and, and bowling his way through the door, right? The idea of Melvin Fowler stopping right. anyone from getting into something is foreign to Bills fans. Right, okay. I, you know why I didn't see it? Because it was in my uh, direct uh, messages, I think. So, yep, that was that was the gist of it. But, yeah, he, if, if, if uh, Vince Will Fork was showing up this, uh, this, this club, uh, there was, he, was, he was getting in. Maybe he 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 pays no heed to Melvin Fowler, as we right. learned, you know. Anyway, uh, that was a long way around to interrupt the stage. No, that's good. I'm glad we started. This is the first segment here. This has been uh, this has been good. All right. Um, moving on to 2005. Oh, and by the way, Duke Williams is teaching uh, Pop Warner in Reno, Nevada. So he's also doing uh, very good now and probably in right. some foreign stars DMs. All right. 2005. Jags close to trading for Bills blank. Jaguars coach Jack Del Rio said Thursday in a statement released by the team that a deal for blank, a Pro Bowl selection in 2003, could be completed in the next few days or week. Del Rio said trading for blank should not be viewed as a reflection of the team's feelings about backup running backs LeBrandon Tofield and Chris Fuamumatu Ma'alafala and rookie Alvin Pierman. I may have mispronounced that middle name. Uh, we like all of our guys, Del Rio said. We think LeBrandon Tofield can be a very good player. The thing that makes Blank attractive is he's proven he can do it. What was the year again? 2005. And I will say, I don't know what happened that this trade fell apart, but four days later, the Bills end up trading this guy to Tennessee for a pick that would become Ashton Yabodi. So he did not end up going to Jacksonville after all. So, Travis Henry went to... Yeah, you, get, you got it. You got it. You Travis got it. Henry? It was Travis Henry, yeah. He was rumored to go to uh, Jacksonville, and then four days later, all of a sudden, he was traded to the Titans. So, oh. All right. Well, there you go. All right. One more. This day in Bill's headlines, our eighth headline of the, the day before we go into Who's Bad Take. Uh, this is a tougher one. Coward stunned by sudden axing of blank. I was very surprised when I first heard the news, Sam Coward said from his offseason home in Jacksonville, Florida. Anytime you lose someone you play next to and bond with, it's a tough thing. So this is a Bills 1995 fifth round pick out of Illinois. Uh, he just finished his fifth season with a team where he started all 16 games at left inside linebacker and had 110 combined tackles. Uh, he was released as the team converted to new coach Greg Williams 4-3 defense. I will give the hints that he followed uh, John Perella, Marcellus Wiley, Sam Rogers, and Doug Flutie to John Butler's Chargers the next season. So it's funny because I was going to say back up with John Butler in San Diego. I was going to say Sam Rogers. Um, yeah, Sam was a great guess because he was also he was a linebacker with the Bills. whose last season with the team was 2000, and then went with John Butler to the Chargers in 2001. So this guy was literally playing next to Sam Rod, next Rogers next to Sam Rogers in Buffalo in 2000, and then next to Sam Rogers in San Diego in 2001. 
He was one of those uh, those those you know white linebackers that people love to talk about for no reason. Like well, he was Zlonsky. next to Shane Conlon, and he was right. Right after because Shane Conlon was a good white linebacker, and then yes. all of a sudden we had this array of like, and then we had Chris Spielman for a year, but I don't really count that because that's a year. And then it was like this guy, and then they got Pazlesny, and then John DeGiorgio was in there, and then Kiko Alonso, and it's like you know, just stop, stop with these guys. Yeah. They're okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know who this is, and I'd like to say that I'm, I, I have accidentally, um, in looking at Twitter, I have stopped on Stevie Johnson's Twitter, and it's just him catching touchdown after touchdown, and it's mesmerizing how good he was. Yeah. So I'm going to guess Stevie Johnson, even though it's definitely not him. <laughs> just want to shout him out. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm going to get this. I, I will go with the, the latest evolution of Paul's history of Mediocre uh, Bills outside linebackers who are Caucasian with AJ Klein. Oh, AJ, that's right. He's he's he is the next guy. Uh, John Holosek, if you guys. No, I would have not got John Holosek. Yep. Five years with some five years with the Bills, but not good enough for us to remember him. So that was that was this day in Bills headlines for July fifteenth. Now we go on to normalizing bad takes. Our mission in life with this issue of of who's bad take. We are going to go back to season five, episode two, titled Worst Show of the Year, which was probably accurate. Uh, this was on uh, June 9th, 2016. Happy birthday to my my wife that day. Um, so we're going back five years. Now, these first two uh, refer to discussions on the Bills injuries during the offseason, specifically injuries to Kyle Williams and Sammy Watkins. So podcaster number one says, you can't count on Kyle too much more. You already paid Marcel the big bucks. He's going to be the future of the team at the position. Hmm. Uh, so as a reminder, Kyle would play with the Bills for a season and a half more after Marcel was long traded away. And Marcel's only played six NFL games since Kyle retired. Uh, podcaster number two said, uh, Sammy's injury will be less impactful than a Kyle Williams injury. Uh, so Sammy's less impactful injury meant he played only eight games in 2016 because he spent half the season on injured reserve due to complications from his surgically repaired foot, whereas Kyle started 16 games and made another Pro Bowl. So, uh, Kyle, that was, that was not a less impactful injury. Okay. So on podcaster number three, this was during the wacky schedule segment, uh, Scott's wacky scenario for the Bills. Patriots week four game that year was Tom Brady suspended four games due to deflate gate. So this is one of those where Scott gives us a scenario that actually presented the real scenario rather than making it too wacky. So podcaster number three said the Buffalo Bills lost twice to Mast Castle. And on that logic, I'm going to say that the New England Patriots or Jimmy Garoppolo or a honey badger or a meatball at quarterback or drunken Joe Namath would still probably win this game. Uh, to which another podcaster said, who would have to be a quarterback for you to pick the Bills to win? Uh, and this podcast responded, Glenn Quagmire from Family Guy. That's it. There's no one else. And for those of you who remember, the Bills would go on to not only beat the Patriots, but shut out the Patriots, uh, who are quarterback by Jacoby Brissett, if you remember. Yes. 16 to nothing. So someone made a bad take about not being able to depend on Kyle because Marcel was the future of the franchise. Someone made a bad take that uh, Sammy's injury was going to have uh, not as big an impact as Kyle Williams when that went co- totally opposite. And the other one said there was no way the Bills were going to beat the quarterbacks, uh, beat the Patriots, despite Tom Brady being suspended. And of course, they shut them out in New England. Scott, I'm not a big Family Guy fan, so I'm pretty sure I am not 
Podcaster 3. Think so? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So then it has to... I don't think it's me, because I, I don't feel like I'm that clever. So I'm going to go Paul. Yeah. If you I if think, you really think it's not you, then okay, but I, that was my first guest. You I, are usually the I, funny. I'll tell you, the, the thing with... And this happened last time we played, was... I sound like Paul when Paul reads Paul. Paul, <laughs> Paul, it's hard to explain, but like we have some of that same stuff. And when Paul's saying it for the first time, he's slower, but when he's reading it, he's faster, so it sounds like me. But I know that I am not a big Family Guy fan. I think it's derivative horseshit. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. And if you like Family Guy, you're a terrible person. Or my neighbor. Um, so, <laughs> so. Be a segment uh, on bad takes in five years. Okay. Oh, my goodness. My point is, I don't think I would have dug out Quagmire. So if it's not you and it's not me, I think Paul is Podcaster 3. All right. So then I put myself at Podcaster 1. I am okay. usually the guy thinking about the big picture. I feel like I... Because I don't do any actual research or any work or any prep for the show. So I usually fall back on generic statements about the future that are impossible to prove. Uh, I, have no, I have no ability to be proven wrong. It's almost future. like you're an analyst and you do that it's, for a It's one of my many skills when they ask me to predict what's going to happen around the world. Well, you know, it's going to be really complicated over the next couple of years. Or maybe not. It's really tough to say. But uh, please continue to pay us all the money. Thank you. Um, all right. Anyway, yeah, so I'll say I'll say me for number one. So that that leaves you with number two. Do you feel confident with number two that that was something you might have thrown out there? Yeah, you know, it's such a it's such a throwaway take that I feel like any of us could have said that. So I'm happy being number two if you feel good that you're number one. So let let's you and I be in agreement. We will sure. go lock we will go in. lockstep into All the right. into the nuclear apocalypse that is the answers from Paul. That you are one, I am two, and Paul is three. All right. The answers are officially locked in. I am putting them through the machine. Mm. And out of three possible correct answers, you guys have correctly answered three. Well done, guys. Three for three. That's hard to do. It is. That is the first time that has happened in the the three times we have done this segment now. And I think the first two times you guys end up doing them separately, which was not the point. We were supposed to do like we did this week. And look at how that works out. Uh, You end up acing the segment. So uh, congratulations. Uh, Scott was uh, commenting that Marcel was the future. And uh, Frank believed that uh, Kyle Williams was much more serious problem than Sammy Watkins and that and of course, there's me with uh, Glenn Quagmire. I'm not a huge Family Guy fan either. I watched it one time, and apparently, I'd he was in my mind that week for really some reason. Really absorbed Quagmire. Wow. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Um, this day in Bill's headlines and Who's Bad Take are are absolutely our money segments, and I'm really thrilled that you would do that. Let me ask this question. We're going to go to yeah. fan questions next because I feel like that's the easiest thing to skip over with Paul, but. Let me ask this question first, which is my own question. Um, And, Paul, you can answer first. My daughter, my eldest daughter, uh, she she likes the Bills. She will say Go Bills. She enjoys saying Go Bills to people in the store. But we have a problem. The problem is that she likes the Miami Dolphin colors. And she's Mm. a big fan of dolphins. And the other day in the store, 
My hair was a mess. We walked into a lids. I saw a hat I liked. I bought the hat, and she saw the dolphin's hat. She wanted me to buy the dolphin's hat for her. <sighs> and I said, wow. I love you. Wow. And in a new age of like, I feel like, I feel like if this was the 90s or the 80s, like, I would have smacked my kid and been like, <laughs> the fuck's the matter with you? And thrown her in the basement. But I didn't. I said, I love you. Right. That, that was and, common practice in the 80s and 90s. For right. I yeah. just, I'm, you know, I'm just saying, like, as an enlightened parent, I tried to say I love you and I respect this. And I totally get, like, dolphins are great animals. These are fun colors. I and, honor and, your opinions. Right. I And I'm like, but daddy is not doing that. And, like, when you are 18, if you want to buy a dolphin's hat, that is on you. But daddy You're is not, not doing this. You're not welcome at Thanksgiving dinner, but <laughs> otherwise. Right. right. And so my question to you is, and, and, you know, and, like, there's a bit of, to the parents in the, in, in the audience, you know, sometimes the harder you push with children, the worse you make it. And the best thing you can do is back off and be like, you know, daddy likes the bills and you can do what you want and that's fine. And so she has since said go bills. And we have kind of come to a, I think, a cold war here. Where she knows that daddy roots for the Bills. And she, I think she does root for the Bills. Mm-hmm. I think she really does. Because in her five-year-old brain, there's no difference. It's like, daddy likes the Bills. I want to root for the Bills. But I also like these dolphin colors. And I kind of want to root for the dolphins, there's too. There's nothing wrong with that in her. And, it, and in a five-year-old's head, there is nothing wrong with that. Um, and so my question to you is, uh, I'm looking for parenting advice here. And I'm going to go to Paul first, who has... Doesn't have children, does have right. nephews, and, and I think plenty of them. Nieces. Yep. Yeah, plenty of nephews for sure. Yep. I don't know about nieces, but. And, and nope, you're, they're you're, all boys. <laughs> okay, well, you are also a pillar of the community, and I want you to, you know, critique how I handled that and and or offer what you think you would do if this persists. Right. I think it's, it's someone with six nephews, five of whom are under 11 or under. Um, I think you handled this correctly. I think I would have gone to a much worse extreme, be like, oh, I can't do that, but I will take you to SeaWorld and we'll see all the dolphins uh, that you can see. I think you approached it well. Kids have short memories. You took it. I should say you took advantage of that fact. You correctly leveraged your parenting experience to note that and then proceeded to uh, put that into action and made the correct decision. So I have I have no formal critique uh as i now uh commence my break on the pod for 15 minutes and i will say well done frank very good thank you paul you are welcome all right i'll be back gentlemen scott as a person who knows that nephews are not children in in a real (laughs) sense um and we love paul and and we value his opinion but like as 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 the other dad on the podcast um i mean you also would have thrown the child in the dungeon am i correct yeah no that's gonna be it's gonna be tough i mean so I've had a, a different issue. My son, whenever we're watching a, a game, um, it's a little tougher here because we haven't been able to watch as many right. Bills games or Badgers games live, certainly because of the, the limitations with the time schedule and such. Um, when we do watch, it's been uh, we've been watching a lot of the Euro Cup. Yeah, obviously. oh, it was a, that was a beautiful cup, and I was... And enjoyable I was, for many folks, except yes. for pretty much everyone in England at the last minute, um, and pretty much all the days <laughs> since then um right. so uh you're never you're never getting any of your tests back from your covid <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. nobody wants to do anything now yeah. right yeah <laughs> yeah feel free to get your test done in italy jackass that's what they say <laughs> um so no the uh 
So so he usually ends up rooting for uh, he'll come to come and come to neutral and then he'll show up and then suddenly someone will score a goal and it'll be like I'm rooting for this team. I'm uh, rooting for Portugal. Front runner. Okay. He is a bit of a front runner at that's this point. That's okay. All right. Disappointing, but that's good. He's got the competitive instinct. I like that. He wants yeah. to win. Right. It's better to win from ahead. You know, it's easier to do that. Um, so I just kind of say, you know, it's it's important sometimes that you you don't, you know, you got to stick with your team. You know, when you're on a team with somebody, you can't just quit and join the other team in the middle of it. So yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, you're handling it well for now. I would say what you don't, what you probably want to do is you probably want to just have her keep her options open. Yeah. Don't make, let's say you don't need to pick a team right now if it's going right. to be the wrong team. So to vote <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you can kind of, uh, sweetie, it's, there's a lot of teams out there. Have you heard of the Jaguars? They're a pretty color, too, and they have a cat on them. What right. about the Texans? They've got a funny cow on their head. What about the 49ers? Do you like math? Like, there's lots of there's lots of things to just kind of keep her options open as long as possible. That way, at some point, she'll realize that, like, she'll get naturally excited and she'll understand that you're supporting. You're not against the Dolphins, per se, for her. You're right. just kind of allowing her to, you know... You're teaching her about you should you should uh, I mean, I understand she's getting into her day camp or whatever. But yeah. before the summer starts, you can do a little, you know, daddy school and you can walk her through the 32 teams. I think, you know, I'm sure idea. Susan will think that that's a useful use of her time. Absolutely. To, you could just walk them, you know, not not anything crazy. No more than two or three hours each. You do 30 minutes on their history. <laughs> do 30 minutes on the current schedule. You do 30 minutes on, you know, between advanced stats and, you know, traditional stats. Exactly. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then, you know, 30 minutes for Q and a, and then, um, and I think that'll, I think that'll be good. I think that exposure, keep her horizons broad, educational for her. You don't have to get into this, got caught up into it. You can just say, honey, it's going to be a long time before you probably figure out what your team is. Let's get you a question with all of them. Just try and stall a little bit it's until good. you're able to have a better it's conversation. Good. I think I think that and uh, and and associating sugar with the Buffalo Bills sure. as a is a sure. food component can't yeah. hurt. Like it can't because yeah. I think you could because she's great because she unlike you unlike your child my she she when we we did have time to watch some football this year and, and she was sort of asking questions and she went right to I mean the first game she watched was the Chargers versus Tampa Bay. And she's like, well, if lightning struck a pirate boat, that's the end of the pirate boat. So I think sure. the lightning team will win. And yeah. she's just like instantly was like into the logos and the colors. And yeah. we had a lot of questions about why daddy likes the team. And she was uh -huh. all in and the, the team was very clearly exciting. But then in the off season, you know, this dolphin stuff creep back in, which she had, you know, she admitted straight out. She's like, I love those colors. Yeah. And, I think even as a Bills fan, I can say, like, objectively, if I wasn't a Bills fan, I think, like, they're they're pretty nice colors. And then she was like, well, wait a minute. Mommy likes this horse team. Why do you make her root for the Buffalo team? And I'm like, Daddy doesn't make Mommy do anything. <laughs> if, if I know anything about marriage, Daddy has no power in this con in this conversation. Yeah. Mommy, mommy feels bad for Daddy and roots for Buffalo because, you know, it's the football that we put on in this house. So, okay, well, good. <laughs> Um, I think if I think if listeners want to comment respectfully, I'm going to say respectfully again on my family dynamic with regards to this, you are welcome to. Um, 
you are also welcome to get your ass blocked if you're going to say some dumb shit about my wife or my child. So, um, but you can do that at MNY Bills on the Twitter, which is the best way to do it. Where we have a few questions and comments, uh, Mike Ellerscott says, Ken Dorsey was promoted to passing game coordinator. I think he has done a good job as the QB coach with Allen, and it sounded like he got some interest for OC jobs in the offseason. Do you think the Bills are thinking he will eventually be the offensive coordinator if Dable leaves for a head coaching job? Um, let me ask you that. Yeah, you answer that first. You you offer those sure. thoughts first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, I think I I uh, I did not see that piece of news, and that is interesting, and because I think that does make a lot of sense. I think that's a good take. I think um, I think because I I don't think you know you can have a run game coordinator like, but that's something like Wisconsin has. Like mm-hmm. where you run the ball 40 times a game, you need a run game coordinator. Um, when you're a passing offense and you need a passing game coordinator, that strikes me as either you feel like you need to do more passing or better passing, which I don't really feel like the Bills need to do because we have. I don't think they could. Game. I, I and we'll get to that later. But like I think that they're literally at the limit of what is reasonable. But anyway, go yeah. ahead. I, I think that's it, and I think they know that Dable Dable's obviously was a hot commodity last offseason. If the Bills had gone out earlier. Maybe he would have already had a job, um, and the the issue then becomes, yeah, who do you who do you have, to, kind of picking up the rope, picking up the the metaphor, for the mm-hmm. lack of a better metaphor, um, yeah. Then uh, then Dorsey, I think, has done a, pr- a pretty good job with Allen. Obviously, Allen's development has been multifaceted, with Dable playing a big part of it, Jordan Palmer playing a big part of it. You know, I don't think anyone usually brings up like I haven't read as many glowing. Oh, you know, uh, Josh Allen spent a ton of time with Ken Dorsey in the offseason to get better. That's not right. I haven't read as many of those. So I don't want to give him too much credit. But you could do worse than being the guy who's the passing game. And I'm doing air quotes, passing game coordinator under Brian Dable, who knows actually how things work and then trying to pick that up. Um, and and maybe there's things Dorsey's doing behind the scenes that that he's uh, they feel like they need to give him a little more responsibility give him a little extra money to kind of keep him around as the phase two kind of plan for when and if the, the day mm-hmm. thing happening. So uh, it seems that's it. I feel like that's a well-grounded suspicions. Yeah. I mean, Ken Dorsey also, of course, a quarterback. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things where, you know, not a great quarterback or anything, but that's not yeah, always a, Miami. Yeah. And it's not always just, just not always the mark of, your success as a quarterback in, in the league is not the same as the success as somebody who yeah. knows what to do and what to call and can step away. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, and again, yeah, Miami, pretty nice program, Miami. Like there's a good yeah. list of quarterbacks. No, and he company. had, he had, and he had, he had tons of talent on that Miami team. That was a 2000 Miami team that had uh, at least four or five, I think NFL hall of famers on it. Yeah. Uh, so, the, you know, they had Ed Reed and, and, Ken Dorsey or not Ken Dorsey, um, Kellen Winslow and right McGee on that team. It was stacked. So it was. I, uh, yeah, I was just going to say. I think even if you, even if he doesn't end up as the offensive coordinator, the Bills are smart to have a guy in waiting who is ready to take that next step, um, ready to go. Right, like that's the thing. It's like, oh well, you know, this guy is here and he's ready to do the, the 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 steps so you have him ready to hire and if you if you can get a 
I don't know, Ken Wisenhunt, who's who probably won't be available to be offensive coordinator anytime soon. But if you feel like you can get that level of offensive coordinator, it doesn't mean you have to hire Ken Dorsey. But you have a guy who's been in the system and and is certainly learning under under Dable. And it's probably a good thing for Dable, who sort of knows he's not leaving a team um, completely uh, at the, you know, the cover bearer. My guess is that, you know, it probably burns guys like Leslie Frazier and, and and Brian Dable that they didn't get hired because really the last two years they've been hot candidates and they haven't shown up. And my guess is that's not that's not a great feeling. So they probably really want to torch the league if they can help it this year. And, uh, you know, if they get a chance to great and if they can if they can set up the team for success later, even better. Uh, my neighbor, David. David, who tweets us every once in a while, what is the most compelling road game to go see this year, and why is it the Thanksgiving game at New Orleans? Allow me quickly to run through the the, the road games for you. Um, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots. Um, we also go to the Titans. We go to the Chiefs. We go to the Jaguars, the Saints, aforementioned, to the Buccaneers. And uh, I think that's it. I might have said them all. Um, I don't know. You know what, David? That's a good game. Thanksgiving, New Orleans. It's a party city. It's a it's a high marquee game. But I don't know. I think the Bucks late in the season could be good. I think the Titans early in the season and the Chiefs back to back on the road. I don't know. Both of those are primetime games too. Allow me, allow me to disabuse you of your notion for New Orleans when you get when when it's my turn to speak. Yeah. I will, don't don't make me don't make me destroy you by picking New Orleans. Pick something else. Yeah. Okay. I'm the most compelling game. I I honestly think it's the Titans game because I think that Bills Chiefs doesn't matter until the playoffs. I really don't. I think Bills Buccaneers is fine, and it'd be nice to beat Tom Brady. That's great. I think the problem with the Saints is that they don't, they're going to, I'm wondering if they're going to take a step back as a team. And so it's a really cool Thanksgiving game. But Bill's Titans is really about who's going to challenge the Chiefs. And so that to me could be a really marquee, the difference between the two and three seed kind of game. And that's why I think Bill's Titans on the road at night is a huge game. I think that's a good, 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 solid choice. I, I personally okay. am going to go with the Chiefs game. Um, okay. I think that is, uh, for me, the the Bucks game is a little too late in the season for an out-of-conference game. Admittedly, I forgot, again, that we've got 18 weeks in this season, so it's actually not even really the last three weeks. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Season. I can't divide. Right. <clears throat> but it's, it's still too late for an out-of-conference game. I don't want to say the Bills are going to be clinched by then or the Bucks will be clinched by then. But they're probably pretty close to it, and they're not really worried about it. So it's going to have a bit of a – I mean, it'll be an interesting game. I mean, it'll be interesting if both teams really want it and they, they go for it all out or if there's a bit of a – I mean, I think the Bucks will – who knows? I mean, I think they'll both be trying to win the game. Um, but I think they'll also know that you know they'll have bigger fish to fry a little bit. <clears throat> I think the Saints game, to me, is – that's a red herring um, to, to, to fall back to Professor Mustard. Um, I think – the New Orleans, I'm sure it's a great city. Uh, I've never been there. I'm sure it's a great city on Thanksgiving as far as cities on Thanksgiving go. 
but ultimately like people want to spend Thanksgiving with their families sort of probably. So there's probably a little less of the craziness. I mean, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some, there will be a football game and that will have some craziness, but I can't imagine it's going to be crazy. And I think the Saints, I don't say they're going to be garbage this year, but I could see this whole like Taysom Hill thing, like falling apart. I don't really, I don't really know how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, mean, I know they've got other talent on that team, but you know, the, the, the I, I think the, the defense looks good, when you got Drew Brees and Michael Thomas um, on the other side, you know, putting up a lot of points and keeping people on their heels, you put that defense on the field for 35, 40 minutes, it's going to be a lot different. Um, but anyway, so that's why I go with the Chiefs. I think the Titans game will be good, but I think the Chiefs game, I think there will be a bit of, uh, I agree it's going to be early in the season, but I think this still could be for home field advantage in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think it could be, um, it could be a really interesting game. We'll see what the Chiefs tackles looks like. Um, they basically reshuffled their whole offensive line in the offseason. The Bills obviously have spent a ton of line on the defensive line, tens of ton of uh, picks on the defensive line, I should say, trying to get better. Um, and they'll need to see how they stack up in that first game. Um, and obviously, you know, last year, uh, that's that's how it went, right? Didn't we play the Chiefs and they beat us, and then they beat us again in the in the playoffs? Yeah, that's what happened. I think that's how I. You know, I kind of fell asleep at the end of the movie, but that might be what happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I. So thank you. Uh, Paul has no opinion this week on listener questions. Sorry, you can yell at him on Twitter at MNY Bills. Um, Brian Cox Jr. ruptured his Achilles tendon. We were told to mention that. Um, the camp preseason schedule uh, starts July 27th at Orchard Park, not Rochester this year. And this was actually the last year under contract for St. John Fisher in Rochester. So it'll be questionable about whether they go back. Um, and we have some preseason dates, August 13th against Detroit, August 21st against Chicago, both on the road. And then they host the Green Bay Packers, August 28th. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will be there. Who knows? Um, what we are going to talk about now is our meaty subject of the offseason, uh, which is full of opinion and stuff and politics uh, politics science personal personal responsibility yeah um it's about masturbation no um (laughs) uh, right uh no cole beasley um has planted his flag um look originally when i when i said i wanted to talk about this story a month ago i said that i would take the the arduous task of defending Cole Beasley's position, even if it was a devil's advocate idea of, of, I don't really agree with him, but I kind of want to stick up for him on the show because let's not have a one-sided conversation. I think since I said that, he has gone even further um, into, into his position and his opinion, and I'm not fully confident that what I will be defending today will be his position, and I don't really think I want to. Um, but what I will say is that there there is... A lot of talk about um, the COVID-19 vaccine. If you're unfamiliar, there is a pandemic uh, that is, you know, trying, we're trying to be done with it. And there's this vaccine that's helping, but, you know, not everybody is on board with taking the vaccine. And the NFL last year had lots of stringent health protocols uh, that were involved. And those stringent health protocols are being lifted for players that vaccinate themselves against a deadly disease. Um, that is 
uh, where we're at. And what is at issue here is the idea that pl some many players. So with the bills, it started with, you know, Josh Allen wouldn't answer directly if he was getting the vaccine. And there is some peripheral nonsense with Jordan Poyer's wife uh, who tweets about this all the time. And I, I honestly, she's so disingenuous. I kind of even want to bring her up directly on the podcast, but she's in, she's in part of the, the atmosphere. Um, and then, and then right at the end, Cole Beasley planted his flag as sort of, this is an intrusion on my freedom as a human being. And uh, it's totally unfair that the players union has agreed to this. And then he threw out some largely debunked and unscientific information about vaccinations and stuff and it got really gross and so now we're here to talk about cole beasley and the vaccine and uh we'll invite paul back when he's ready he's still on mute um but scott how do we want to talk about this because because one let, let me let me do let me let me start here Scott, I don't believe this is a Bills problem. I believe this is a league problem. And I think there are like a handful of teams that are over this 70% threshold for vaccination that will allow the team to do all sorts of stuff. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of other people who in the league aren't necessarily on board with vaccinations the same way, or, or at least the way that many of us would like them to be. Um, do you get that sense, or do you think this this is a Bills problem? Uh, it it does. I think I think we're gonna. I think I when we talked about this before, I think it was it was clear to me that when we got into the training camp and we start seeing who has to deal with the extended protocols required for non vaccination, that we're gonna know more about whether it's a league wide problem. So I, I think the jury's still a little bit out. I think the challenge is it's the Bills. The Bills are in, a, in an interesting position that we haven't been in, in the past, that we are now arguably one of the top six, probably, uh, most high-profile yeah. franchises for NFL fans, certainly. And that these are not um, – this is not – this is not – and this is a player who played for America's team, one of the top one uh, most high-profile right. team. Uh, in the country, and so a lot of people would have known him even before he came to the Bills. He comes to the Bills, another team that's now playing well. It's going to have a bunch of national TV spotlights. It's expected to be a Super Bowl contender. That's going to increase the magnifying glass. And then you have him playing what is uh, functionally a, a starting wide receiver, maybe not quite, uh, you know, in de facto kind of or de jure. Like every day, he is the starter, but he certainly gets um, as many passes thrown to him as a lot of starting wide receivers in the league and is not a third string offensive lineman who's you know not really gonna you know he's a guy right. in, the, in the line of fire here and then obviously Allen's the quarterback so when you have these kind of things it is it is a bit more of a bills problem than it will be for other teams where the expectations aren't as high the profiles as high and the media attention is going to be as big i think it's you know this is um a distraction um, it's it's more than a distraction. It's at minimum a distraction for the team as it moves into the regular season. And this is something that, again, like as you know, McDermott correctly has said, you know, it's a new team every year. This team is going to have to deal with a lot more distractions 
because of the success that they had last year, like all successful teams do. Right. But now this adds another level of everyone was going to have to deal with the pandemic distraction anyway. Now we've got a public pandemic problem playing potentially a powerful play, but I can't keep the out the um, alliteration going. Yeah, so it's I'll okay. Stop. Um, and I'll just say, yeah, it's it's going to be an issue. Um, and I think it is a Bills issue, even more so than, than just a regular team issue. I think you're largely on the right track here. I think that my position is largely the same with regards to it. I hate to be reductive. I dislike how um, I feel like we hear all the time about in past years about how, you know, I'm here to do anything for this team. I just want to win. And here's something that largely you know, coaches and, you know, team doctors and all the usual trust authorities that players seem to have um, are in agreement that, like, this is a good thing, you know, and, you know, forgive me listeners who don't aren't on the same page as, as us, but, you know, the science seems to largely back it up. We've got 130 people, million people in this country who who have been okay, if not better, from taking the, the shot. And so it's really sort of like a it, it strikes me as really whiny and it's really, it's really just sort of, you know, he says dumb things like if I die, at least I'll die living. I, I think he tweeted some, if not that, like nearly exactly that this sort of like, you know, and, and, and a blatant idea that he's going to disregard the protocols. Like his plan is to, at least as from what he said, and if we take him at his word, his plan is to disregard protocols and, Okay, you don't want to shock great. Well, then comply with the protocols because that's what the league is setting up. And if you don't do those things, well, you know, you're hurting your team. You are. And so let's let's at least not have like this this well, I'm here to to learn and do like last year he was all about I'm here to to learn and do better and I adjusted my game to do this and do that and give Josh the best chance. He, there were there were multiple interviews with him about how he approached the game differently when he came to Buffalo. And, okay, that's great. But if you're not going to be a willing participant here on this level, then I don't know. Now, counterbalancing that is the fact that, like, it seems like it's more than Beasley, right? It's like a good number of people on the team aren't, aren't willing to go and, and, and get, in, you know, vaccinated. And that... To me, um, everything is a personal choice, and I and I believe people need to make the decisions that are best for them. I do, but I don't want people talking out both sides of their mouth and pretending like that's not a good thing for the team. If the team can meet in person and all train together and be together and travel together and do all those things, I've got to hear about all these intangibles all the time. <clears throat> well, you know, step up to the plate. And and embrace the intangibles then, you know, put aside all the questions of civic duty and and communitarianism and politics. It's like, OK, well, this is what would be best for the team is if we could all be in the room together and do these things. I don't think Cam Newton would tell you. I actually don't know Cam Newton's comments on the subject, but, you know, he got pretty sick last year. And I think New England is banking on the fact that, like, he got sick enough that, like, it altered his entire year and that as you know, he might be a better player now a year later. So I don't know. It seems like there's a lot to to be to be balanced here with regards to with regards to the, the vaccine and the team. I, I think it's disappointing that he went out of his way. I was I was ready to defend him on the on the idea that 
maybe the players union hadn't fought appropriately hard for him, that maybe that there were other types of accommodations that could be made for unvaccinated players. Um, and But once he started sort of openly saying, like, it's his plan to, like, flaunt the the system, I just, I, it really frustrated me. It seemed selfish. It seemed, um, it seemed just uncool, man. It just seemed uncool. And I feel if, like, I feel like the, yeah. the, the concerns that I have are, especially with him is, is a bit of the, um, I mean, it's, a, I'm, I'm, inc- I'm increasingly turning this into a bit of a rich football player problem. Yes vice a, a like a normal people problem yes. and as such he needs to just kind of get over it because yes. um i think one of his major points is it's a free country on some level which it is which means you are free to not play football if you right. would like to not deal with any of this feel free to retire it would suck for the bills he's a good player we'd we'd have to move on without him but if that's if this is so life or death for him that he doesn't want to deal with the protocols and doesn't want to let down his team and doesn't want to uh, but doesn't want to get the shot, then you can just retire. And yeah, the Bills would be in a bit of a pickle for our slot wide receiver, but we'd still have time. We got a whole training camp worth of cuts coming out. We got some guys who are going to be available. We'll have the cap space to do something with it. Go ahead and leave. Like it's not. Yeah. No one's forcing you to. It's a much different conversation when we're talking about. The guy down at the stop and shop making seven fifty an hour. All right. Right. And he's got to put food on his family and you're telling him that he's got to do a vaccine or something. Or the nurse's assistant who's at the hospital yeah, and she's not those, sure about it. Whatever. That's, yeah, but those we'll have two people about. when those two people go to work, if their employer says you're wearing a mask, by the way, because you're not vaccinated, they wear a mask because that seven fifty an hour is important to them. And yeah. they don't have to wear masks the rest of the time that they're around their family and doing whatever else they want to do. OK, but when they show up to work, if they're not vaccinated, a lot of times their employer is saying part of the job now is you have to wear a mask and you have to do these things that the vaccinated employees don't have to do, you know, and it's just like it's part of your job now to not make other people sick. So it's I don't and, know. and 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 I, I would say you do have a union. You had every I cannot imagine that the union did not cross all the T's and dot all the I's in putting out to all their player reps. This is the plan, guys. Feel free to socialize with your workforce. Um, in fact, I'm informing you to socialize with your workforce because this is what we're going to do. I'm sure there were multiple emails. Um, yeah. I'm sure there were all sorts of I, there may have even been phone calls. Um, so let's just go ahead and say if your union doesn't want to do what you uh, want to do, then by all means, take it up with the union. Like at that point, you—that is how you've delegated your bargaining responsibilities. Either than that, or you can just again not be part of the union anymore, which means you go ahead and leave, leave all of football. Like I, like I, I, I am sympathetic to those in theory who are put into a real choice about the vaccine and what they want to do. And obviously, there's yes. plenty of of groups in the country that don't trust vaccines for a variety of reasons, whether it's the information they're being fed or or kind of historic injustices. By the U.S. and you know groups Other that want in power, the world, whatever. Yes. Got it. All that's those are more acceptable, more acceptable arguments to me. Um, but I'm a rich white football player, and I don't really want to, you know, I, I don't bother to find the information. And I've got a union that doesn't defend me well enough. Um, and I want to play football, but I don't want to play by any of the rules that everyone else has to play by. That that all strikes me as as a bit. I'm I'm not terribly interested. I'm not gonna like 
freak out about it. Like this is, I, I don't really want to talk about this anymore, but like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as a super valuable um, contribution to the debate here. No. And I think that that's ultimately where we'll leave it. Cause I, I think I am similarly frustrated that like that the wide uh, that a wide receiver gets such an outsized voice about this. Um, and I think that the only last thing I'll say is like, I, I really wish that our conversation not yours and mine, but everybody's conversation about this was so less polarized and a lot more um, together because this is the kind of thing that we shouldn't be having political conversations about really. It should be something that we all are comfortable and that is that there are multiple levels of failure across a wide variety of politics and and people um, that you know, have made that, that have brought us to this point that we, we cannot uniformly trust something um, that is probably vital to our survival as a species, or at least our comfort level as a species. Um, Paul is continuing to make money and we have delayed this as long as we can. So we must get started with Wacky Schedule. Um, and we will, uh, if we have to go back and get Paul's thoughts on it, we will. But we're an hour in, and we need to start Wacky Schedule, Scott. So um, let's start. It's, it's let's just start you Wacky and me. Schedule. Yeah, it's 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 one of my one of my uh, my cherry on the top of Paul's Sunday of uh, deliciousness from dessert before. Mm-hmm. Um, the first game I have is home versus Steelers. Um, I know in the past I've previously had trouble even coming up with the basics of uh, whether the game is home or away. Let's just go ahead and say that this I'll is home. I'll double check you Steelers. now. Uh, Please feel free. Steelers, you look good. Yeah. All right. And uh, this game, instead of being played uh, on the on the beautiful turf at uh, Highmark Stadium, correct? Right. Frank? Yeah. Highmark yeah, Stadium. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not a thing, but apparently it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, it will be played in Highmark Stadium. Unfortunately, the turf has been replaced by a giant lava field. Which has only recently been crusted over. So you're familiar with the fact, as I'm sure you're aware, as, as someone who has a, a kid who is interested in learning things. You know, volcanoes, when yep. they the the lava comes out of the ground, obviously it's lava for a little bit, and then as it cools, it forms that kind of lava rock crust over the top of what is otherwise a a pile of of liquid hot magma, right? Hmm. And so now when the Bills and the Steelers are playing on it, it's not going to be instantly they'll all fall in. However, as the game goes on, and maybe as you get maybe some big hits, maybe some, uh, maybe some, uh, some big pileups, there might be some complications posed by the fact that you're playing on functionally what is a, a volcano. Of, of, of Yeah, it's like a waterbed. Of lava, I like this. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think with the lava underneath, I, I, it's going to be like some of the footing's going to be a problematic. I, I would guess. I would think yes, that eventually it, it's going to be a bit uneven. It's uh, no doubt about yeah. that. You'll get yeah. the line markers on the field, so that you know we'll still be able to play kind of regulation rules here. They'll all survive. But the dark, but, ashy, brown dirt, lava crust. Yeah. Okay. Um, exactly. And and just to clarify, is is there a volcano at either end of the stadium, or is this just vol- you, we 
it's just the the lava with the crust on top. Let's just do the lava with the crust on top. I didn't I didn't build a lava a volcano into the scenario itself. That's Let's fine. just assume it's a very small volcano that came up directly over the field and then settled immediately back down. No, that's good. That's good. I just you know you know me. I yeah. I, I don't want sure. to leave no, any. Absolutely. Yeah, stones unturned. Stone unturned. Any as, lava as it were, unturned. Any yeah. crust unturned. Um, I am tempted to use that the this is still a game. This is uh-huh. just at the end of the day, it's just a football game now, but I think it's too early in the season that. And unfortunately, under this wacky scenario schedule, I think I have to take the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you why. Uh, because Steelers, of course, are people who make things from the ore into steel. Like this is the this is yes. the origin of the term. They do. And so uh, through uh, through the transitive property, I can only assume that each of the Steelers have been trained in metalworking. And as such, they will be much more used to the lava type temperatures and the feeling of things and have a sense of what is appropriate and what isn't, as opposed to the Bills who, let's be honest, you know, Rust Belt City, it's a great blue collar town. Not a lot of that type of manufacturing happening in Buffalo. So I think that, you know, our team will struggle with the uneven earth. I think the I think a victory for the Bills is to get out of there with no injuries. But I I am going to take the Steelers probably, you know, unfairly in a landslide. You know, 28 nothing. And I wow. think that a lot of people will be like, "Whoa, what is this?" and it's literally just going to be field conditions and on a regular field, Buffalo all the way. But I think in this case, Bills are are unfortunately starting 0-1 with an AFC loss. Tough. That's a tough way to start the season. Um, it is. Yeah, you hope you hope you don't get anyone burned alive by lava. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think I am going to go a different route on this one. I think that oh, okay. I was looking more for something in a in a Bills victory, albeit a a bit of a tight one. I think the this is one where it's going to be. I think you're going to see a lot of passing, but these are both two passing teams. I think the Bills passing off is still successful. I think the run is where you're going to have a lot of the problems with people falling into the lava. Yeah, you're going to have people dogpiling, trying to bring down, you know, the bigger running backs, that kind of stuff. So you're not going to see a lot of that because if you've got a bunch of people dogpiling on top of each other, someone's going in the lava and it's probably going to be the running back. Right. It could be a scenario where once the first guy goes in the lava, nobody wants to tackle anymore. It's a psychological thing where you don't want to kill somebody. So, you know, that's true. There could be there could be that. I don't think I don't know. It's a good point. Maybe they should. Do, maybe they just shouldn't play the game on the lava. Well, know. unfortunately, you're, you are the leader of the world here, so they yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah they have to. Um, so anyway, I, t- I like the Bills' victory with the passing offenses. Uh, the Bills' passing offense is uh, still superior to uh, the Steelers, even with uh, even with uh, uh, all of the the kind of accoutrements of a of a lava filled field. I um, think if I think if they do that, the first quarter won't look like a passing game. Because Allen will have to adjust to the hot air that is almost certainly lifting the ball a bit higher. It's true. He will. I wonder if it's a little did you know that when you hire Josh Allen, he would have to be throwing through the waves of heat emanating off of the lava-filled surface. Got those as big well hands. As, as well as the frozen tundra of, of uh, and lake effect snow of Buffalo. Um, all right. So uh, we are going to another... Uh, we're going to do a road game next week at uh, your daughter's favorite team, the Dolphins. 
Um, this is a game where, again, based off of last season, um, the Bills ended up having a decent running attack with Antonio Williams, of all people, in the last game. Um, but we wouldn't normally expect a lot of running in a Bills-Dolphins game. The way the two teams have kind of been devised, obviously the Dolphins right. uh, with Tua, obviously the Bills with Josh Allen. Um, but I figured let's 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 change that up. So let's get in the time machine. We're going to get in the time machine. We're going to bring some great uh, players in this historic rivalry out of retirement. Uh, well, not really out of retirement. We're going to bring them out of their times. Mm-hmm. So you get, for the Dolphins, out of the time portal comes peak Ricky Williams. So this is uh, all pro Ricky Williams from, I believe... I think I looked it up. I think it's like the 2005 season where he was he was arguably like the best running back in the league, probably. Yeah, um, okay. And then the uh, the Bills out of the out of the time portal will come peak Thurman Thomas. And I will I will defer to you as to what season that would be, Frank. He as, had the MVP a, in '91. I mean, he was he was. That just, would be the one. Yeah, I, I think we would just go. With, I think there's probably a handful of years that are, are and, and Paul might even be the, the real person to ask about this, but I think going with, with 1990 or 1991 Thurman Thomas is, is plenty good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, have you watched the end? Have you been watching Loki and have you finished it? I have watched and finished Loki. I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed it tremendously. I enjoyed the finale. I enjoyed the end so much. Okay, so we have a he who remains uh, Ricky Williams <laughs> versus a he who remains Thurman Thomas. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, they are here from the 31st century to conquer us all. Uh, okay, um, the in 2002, Ricky Williams ran for 1,800 yards, 4.8 a carry, 16 touchdowns, 47 catches, 360 yards, uh, and another touchdown. Now I've got to pull up Thurman Thomas's stats. Uh, let's. Pro football. I got it. I got it. I got it. You, you, you could talk. Yeah. Okay. 91, 91, 1400 yards rushing, but another 600 yards receiving. Um, for, yeah, 92 is even better, probably. Yeah. He averaged in from 1990 to 1992, he averaged 4.8, 4.9, and 4.8 yards a carry. And then in receiving, 10.9, 10.2, 10.8 yards a reception. In 1991, he only played 15 games. So I think if you did 1990 or 1992, uh, you're getting you're getting peak Thurman Thomas in that in that little range there. Um, yeah, look, the Bills are a better team already than the Dolphins. If you add Ricky Williams and Thurman Thomas, Thurman Thomas is better than Ricky Williams. It's it's just not even fucking close. Okay, I'm sorry. He's Ricky Williams is a great runner, and that'll be awesome when they're slowly trying to catch up to the Buffalo Bills who've scored shitloads of points because because they have Thurman Thomas in the passing catch game instead of instead of dropsy fucking McGee who I just about We're going to get to on, him. We're going to get to him at some Yeah, point. I, I just okay. want about a, I just want about to put him on a ship and send him into into I don't god knows where into the goddamn time variance. But um no. Yeah, give me if, if I could have Thurman Thomas on this team I think the Bills don't lose a football game and win the Super Bowl. So this is a no-brainer beating the stupid Dolphins. Um, sorry, daughter. Um, you know, <laughs> everybody cries. You'll get over it. Um, I'm definitely taking the Bills in an absolute landslide. 
Um, you know, I'd say I, I think it's like a 52 to 17 kind of deal. I oh, think wow. that it just absolutely blows the fuck open as they try and do anything. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, right? Is is the challenges? Is that yeah? The and yes, I'm not saying that these all have to even it out or make it more interesting. No, I'm just fine. coming I'm up with ideas. At this point. Yeah. And I'm enjoying <laughs> that. I'm glad that you're making it entertaining. Um, because yes, that is the correct answer. The Bills beat this team by like 30 points when the Dolphins had everything on the line in Week 17 last year. The Bills had nothing on the line, right. and we the second team were were beating the Dolphins. And so you add Thurman Thomas to that team. I don't care who's coming out of the tunnel for Miami. Uh, uh, short of maybe Dan Marino, that right. that maybe Dan Marino, but even then, I'm not even sure could get them over the hump at this point. So. Yeah. I'm sure I'll be eating my words in, in six weeks when we're like, well, we just lost by 40 to the Dolphins. How'd that happen? But um, I'll do a tag of Viola through all that, right? Yeah. Or whoever. Um, but yeah, that is our, uh, that is our uh, agreed. I don't think there's much debate about that one, but it's fun to think about. Um, and yes, we will be getting Devin Terry shortly. I'll also be doing, I was thinking I was going to do five tonight, just because now Please. we do have 17. Please. So we yeah. got to get. And You're going to have honestly, to do I, five somewhere. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we got next is home versus Washington football team. Um, so this one becomes our classic uh, craziness that is actually happening. The Bills play the Washington football team in what is evidently the 17th game of the season. Um, there's no other teams in the NFC East we play. We simply play them because they are the one of the division teams in the other conference who we who finished at the same level in their division that we did. And so we have to now play them in a 17th game in an insane attempt by the NFL to grab yet more money out of the hands of its hardworking fans uh, mm -hmm. and put more of its players on the line for injuries uh, in regular season games. So, uh, Frank, who do you think will win this insane 17th game? So there's no stipulation. It's just the game. Yes. this is The, the craziness is we are playing 17 games this NFL season, and this happens to be the 17th game because all the other games would have normally been played this offseason. Or would have been played this season, I should say. Okay, I'm just uh, I'm trying to get Paul the information as he's like trying to furiously type Sorry. his predictions. Uh, yeah. Great, then uh, you know sneak preview. Um, one of the th living here. Look, I was very excited for the Washington football team um, when they were here. I really like that they added um, our old buddy Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, and I think that I think that. They're going to be a fun little team to watch. And I think if they were going to beat the Bills, it would be early. But I don't think that they'll beat the Buffalo Bills. I think that they're still a pretty mediocre team that won a weak conference, um, you know, with a – I think that they have a losing record. Was it Were they 7-9 and nine last year? I think they yeah, were. They I yeah. think they were. Um, and so kudos to them. I'm excited for them. I'm excited that they're changing their name and or staying with Washington football team. I, you know, I like being a community member here in, in Northern Virginia where I live. I, I would be happy to maybe adopt them as a second team eventually someday. Um, but for now, I think the Bills will absolutely smash them around and all my neighbors will be sad. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the Bills are just the better football team, at, regardless of the fact that it's an extra game. Agreed. The Bills in a romp. I don't think that I think Washington's got a good defense um, and. They've got uh, a couple interesting players on offense, but they're still uh, at least two or three seasons from having it kind of come together after the Justin Fields kind of 
Uh, excuse me, not to Justin Fields. Who is their quarterback that they? Um, oh yeah, that guy didn't work out. The Ohio State guy. Yeah. Was it Justin Fields? No, Justin Fields was the guy that just got drafted. Who did Washington take? They took. Uh, no, they didn't take a quarterback this year. Yeah, it was last year. It was last year that they took the guy and they had to let him go, like basically after one season because he couldn't. Oh, right. He was bad, Jesus. and then he and then he was out partying when he shouldn't have been. Um, right. Anyway, but he was also. I'll find him in a second. He yeah. So I don't think uh, Alex Smith or whoever it is is going to be the answer in Washington. So yes, the Bills Bills win this one. Uh, Bills win this one pretty pretty well uh, walking away. All right. Uh, uh, should we read? Paul has provided us an answer sure. with game one. Yeah. Steelers over Bills. I need to resort to team nicknames on this one. Steelers are used to working in conditions involving them molting or hot steel. They will adapt to these conditions better than Buffalo Bill Cody would. It's almost like he was listening to the show. Agreed. Agreed. You two are uh, simpatico. Game uh, four. Dwayne Haskins was 2019. Dwayne Haskins. That's who yes. I was thinking. He was yes, another Ohio State quarterback. Sorry, Dwayne. Um, all right. Uh, week four, home versus the Texans. Uh, this becomes not a football game. This becomes America's top NFL chef. The Texans must make barbecue. The Bills must make famous uh, Buffalo uh, area chicken wings. Wow. Who wins a, a judged competition of Texas barbecue made by Texans and uh, Buffalo... Uh, Bill made chicken wings. Wow. Okay. Uh, briefly, Bills over Dolphins. Buffalo will give up 270 rushing yards to but it won't matter because the Bills' offense will be even more unstoppable with their in 48-28 wins. So he's also on board with us there. Okay, um, I'm back now. Oh, you're back. Way. Very good. I just got here a second ago. Is my 15 minute call? Oh, very good. 46 minute call. Very good. Did you? <laughs> did you? Um, do you want to give us your football Bills? Washington, there's nothing crazy. It's just already crazy that we're playing 17 games. 17 so games, yeah, yeah. No conditions. Uh, Washington football team is much improved. Uh, the Bills, however, as Scott would say, this is now essentially just a football game. And I'm going to say the Bills win that one. Uh, the defense is good in Washington. Let's say 24-17. Okay. So, and then I don't know if you heard the, the most recent. I did, did not. Just literally hopped on. Okay. So, it's not a... I'll, Scott, you can say it again since you're the person. Yes, it is. It is. We're, we, this is no longer a football game. This this is now. <laughs> it's down to the taste buds. Uh, the we are now doing America's top NFL chefs, and the Texans must come to Buffalo and make Texas barbecue, while as the Buffalo Bills must make uh, Buffalo area chicken wings um, to be served and evaluated by a panel of judges, uh, and the winner will be the winner of this particular game. All right, so which this is now, it's no longer a football game. It's a baking co- or cooking contest. Yes, it is. All right. Now we're cooking. All right. Ah. All right. I am uh, I'm going to open myself up here for massive criticism. I am going to allow the two of you to just shit on me for the rest of this segment. Uh-oh. Yeah. Texas barbecue is delicious, and I really like buffalo wings. I do. But I like barbecue more than I like buffalo and uh, so if it's up to me and I am one of the three panelists 
the likely scenario is, unless the Texans do a terrible job of making Texas barbecue, I think I'm going to go with the barbecue. And so I'm sorry. And I love wings. I really do. I like, I eat them every football game. But if I have to eat something, I, I you know, as a meal, I'm almost always going to go for some ribs or some cold pork or brisk, really, I get some brisket. Like, Jesus, that's great. Um, so I am going to take the Texans and uh, out myself as a person who does not put buffalo wings before everything else. Yeah, as, uh, I think the latter point Frank brought up was the one that struck me, uh, that was occurring to me, was I feel it's easier to make a good barbecue than it is to make good wings. I have been to many different parts of the country and and had good barbecue. I have had uh, I've had sparingly good experiences outside Buffalo with wings, but on the whole, not as many. Of course, as the resident vegetarian of the pod, uh, my opinion is therefore the lowest uh, on this game in terms of you should take it seriously or not. Unfortunately, I am prone to agree with Frank on this. I think it is very difficult to make that tasty buffalo sauce and to have it come together perfectly. Whereas you're talking about a bunch of people who spend all their time in Texas who are probably eating barbecue on the reg. Uh, they probably picked up some tips along the way. And, you know, I, I think there's probably a lot of master master chefs. Maybe someone should do some research and maybe uh, we don't know uh, that Tremaine Edmonds is actually a uh, major cooker of barbecue wings and has his own sauce uh, or his, his own buffalo wing sauce. So maybe that would help, but without that knowledge, I'm gonna have to pick the Texans in this one as well. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Did you guys read the Isaiah McKenzie restaurant owner article? No, I didn't. No, no. Isaiah I mean, McKenzie owns a restaurant in Miami, of all places. Um, now the problem for the Bills in this situation is, is that that is a Texas barbecue restaurant. Oh no. <laughs> so if he was on the other team, we'd have a real problem. So let's hopefully. This doesn't happen for a variety of reasons, and let's hope that if it did happen, Isaiah McKenzie would no longer be wouldn't be like randomly traded to the Texans the week before. But right. regardless, let's just say uh, Isaiah McKenzie pulls this one out as restaurant owner. He seemed to be now. Yes, he did have a guy who did a lot of the actual barbecue cooking, sure. But I'd like to think that he picked some of that up. Um, yeah, I'd like to say. The Bills maybe has some other guys. I feel like Deion Dawkins eats a lot. I feel like he's gonna eat. He's put away a couple of chicken wings. He could probably make a pretty decent chicken wing. Um, he's he's Temple, right? He yeah. was from. Uh, he, he came out of Temple, right? Um, he was. I don't know where he was born, but let's just hope it was in that general vicinity of Pennsylvania, where he could probably get some decent wings. I can't. I can't. Uh, I have. I adore Texas barbecue, and I love it to death. But it's all they have to do is make one really solid chicken wing. And it's just going to go up against one piece of barbecue. They just got to get that one right. I think the Bills can do it. I think Isaiah. All right. All right. And I would be happy to. I could also see Josh Allen and, uh, you know, Sean McDermott preparing for this, you know, in the the week and doing a lot of frying of wings and all that. And so I I certainly think they could get up to the game. And honestly, honestly, if the Texans, I would not be surprised if the Texans could fuck up a Texas barbecue. (laughs) Man, I got to say. Going nowhere. You can you can make a decent barbecue in like a slow not a great one but like in a slow cooker you can make like passable barbecue so 
uh, you know, I would be happy to be wrong. On, let's I'd be happy to be wrong on this wacky schedule. Um, and, and, and that's it. Now, do you want to do your fifth game? Because then yes, we got to go. Do it. Yes, we got to do it. We'll do the fifth game. We're going to go just because we brought him up earlier. This is the, the return the, at the Chiefs. And so in this game, now, I don't think the Bills will know this. They don't know this at the beginning of the game. But okay. someone plays the Madden card from the sky, <gasps> and Devin, Devin Singletary can't drop a pass. If it touches mm. any part of Devin Singletary, he will end up catching it. If it gets batted down before him, it's, you know, sure, incomplete. If it gets intercepted, sure, incomplete. But otherwise, if Devin Singletary, if the ball touches him after it's thrown and it's a live ball, he will catch the ball at that point. Mm. Now, they may not figure that out right away, but one would have to think it would catch on by the end of the game. But I don't know. Maybe yeah, they how much is he going to be targeted even throw it becomes a question. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. well, if, if they give him a handoff and he fumbles in the beginning of the game, they could sit <laughs> him for the whole game and never find yeah. out. It's true. And then we'd just be back to the Bills versus the Chiefs, which is an interesting game on its own. It is, but, it is. But I not wonder, a wacky game. So, I yeah. If, I, you know what? You haven't had a chance to go first all, all, yeah. all thing. You go first. This almost becomes a I, – uh, I, I, I would have to hope that the Bills open this game with a screen – the Devin Singletary is not expecting that he's hitting <laughs> on the top of the helmet and then roll down into his arms. And the Bills are like, huh. And then later in the drive on a panic play where Josh is under pressure, he tries to just fire it away at the feet of Singletary so it doesn't get intentional grounding. Singletary sticks his foot out. It sticks to his foot, rolls up his body into his arms, and he moves along. I feel yeah. if those two things can happen early enough on, then absolutely, yes, the Bills will figure out uh, that they have the Devin Singletary Madden code here and that he needs to be utilized to the, the fullest extent. Uh, you're not going to cover Singletary with anyone other than a linebacker, so I'm not even worried about him getting open. They're not going to put their top corner on there. when you And if they do, then you've got, uh, what, Diggs or Beasley or, or Sanders or Davis on a, on a linebacker, you know, uh, I, I think this is a big advantage. I think it is really contingent on two strange things happening at the beginning of the game, but I feel like the Bills generally don't play well against the Chiefs, so I can see Devin Singletary not expecting a pass that hits him in the head. <laughs> Josh Allen being under such pressure, he fires it away at the feet of Singletary. I can see those things very easily happening early. So I say the Bills discover it. Uh, it makes it for extremely uh, fun viewing because... And the viewers will have figured this out, too, and the Chiefs will have figured it out. But how will they be able to stop it and figure out how to do it in 60 minutes? Fascinating topic if it goes this way. So I'm going to say the Bills win this uh, 30 to 27. Man, you can't drop a pass, and he only wins by three. Okay. Um, uh, still I, the Chiefs. <laughs> Doesn't I, help the defense at all. Right. I wonder if that might work against Buffalo. Because I think that they might be so enamored of the fact that he can't drop a football that they keep feeding him the ball. And ultimately, you know, Devin Singletary, now he he's apparently changed his ways, but he's a dancer. OK, and if you know that the ball is going to keep coming to Devin Singletary, you doesn't stop anybody from tackling him. OK, and it doesn't stop him from, you know, necessarily getting the ball stripped and poked out. So they could start, you know, not accidentally, but they could start accepting three, four yard completions, you know, instead of trying to get stretch the field, getting 10 or 11, 12, it could compress the field and it could kind of work against them. Because if you catch the ball, um, 
you, you can't throw it into triple coverage or anything, right? You can't you can't just throw it there. It's got to actually hit him. So you got to get it there, which I Allen can certainly do on a lot of times, but not if they if they scheme to take it away. And then you might be in your own head because you're you're, you're so worked up about trying to get it to Singletary, you don't notice the other parts of the game being played. Um, so I would worry about that, but I think ultimately they would win. Why? Because I think that if they had if he had caught the fucking ball last year in the AFC <laughs> Championship game, that it might have been a different football game. So I think if he can catch the ball at all, uh, good for you, Devin. Um, I'm excited to see him improve this year. I am rooting for him to improve this year. And I think Buffalo. I think Paul's probably got it right. 30 to 27 sounds about right. They can they can you know score. They can they can do other things and 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 maybe even spread the ball around a bit with that. I think it'd be fun if they threw it kind of underhand at his butt very gently and it kind of hung out near his butt he didn't know it was there and he just kind of ran down the field like, like kind of a running. statue of liberty play yeah kind of like right but he couldn't it'll, be, it'll be go down more as the uh singletary dingleberry yes Ooh, very good wow very good all right all what right. was the right Not, answer scott the right answer is yes the bills win when devon singletary can't drop a pass i think that is I do, the challenge is, is that we know this is obviously the wackiest of all the scenarios. Yes. Lava field, NFL cooking competition, those are all reasonable. There's no way the Bills are going to get through, let alone any game. Certainly not the Chiefs game without Devin Singletary dropping a pass. So right. uh, let's just go ahead and put that in as uh, the wackiest of all wacky schedules. But yes, the Bills would win. I think it'd be a little high, more higher scoring. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think uh, the Bills would win as well. I think we're Largely in agreement, except for the first one. I think it was the only one I ended up yeah, sticking. Oh, and then the, and the and the and the barbecue versus the wings. That was the other yeah. one. Yeah. Right. Right. Although but I want to be. Schedule. I want to be with you. I feel like you could convince me they could do it. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not as hard on the on the on the wings versus barbecue. What I will say though is we are nearly an hour and a half in to our podcast, and that's fine because we haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, but it's time to go. And if you want to stay in touch with us, MNY Bills on Twitter, bbillsmny at Gmail, Facebook.com forward slash bbillsmny. You could find us there. Search Buffalo Bills podcast. We'll show up. Go on iTunes. We're there. In fact, you've already found this. So share this with friends. Get your questions and comments into us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, next month is August. There are games, as we talked about previously. So it's coming. We're going to be we're going to be uh, getting into the swing of things real soon. We're going to get back to regular, uh, more regularly scheduled podcasting. Um, but until then, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And there's Paul. Okay. Have a good night, everybody.